0: so serious he's just grateful Nene I tell you I'm grateful I'm not a turkey (laughs) he had just gotten back from hunting and and he knew what happened to turkeys so he's (laughs) grateful he's not a turkey my my little twin my little Quinn who's five years old she just the first few days she was with me she wrote and wrote and she said Nene my hand is so tired because she had written so many things she was thankful for and her attitude was a, a, a grateful and thankful heart. And she really is a little grateful, is very grateful in her approach in life. And, uh, but finally, like on Friday, after a whole week of doing this, she said, I just ran out of things. I don't know what else to be thankful for. And she said, I said, well, baby, just be thankful for the breath you're breathing. I'm supposed to be thankful for that. (laughs) And it was such an awesome lesson for me to realize that the things that are most important are the things that we take for granted. And uh, I want us and believe that we're going to be able to share with this generation, teach our generation and this brand new generation of young people that it's an attitude, it's a heart thing, it's what's in your spirit, and God is going to help us do that. Thank you for joining us, all of our guests here today. Thank you for being a part of our service. I know many people are still with family, and we're, we're so grateful that they have that privilege to be with family. It's one of the things we give God thanksgiving for. I hope you had a great day. I hope that you made your table wide. We had to divide ours into three, it was so long. And uh, we had so much food, there's enough left for the rest of you if you need any leftovers. We've got some. And more sweets than I've eaten in a year. Absolutely. It's unbelievable. But oh my goodness, it was good. It was so good. And uh, Pastor isn't with us today because he'll be back this afternoon, but he is in Waxahachie, uh, which is outside of Fort Worth, where he is setting in a new pastor in our sister church there. He's doing his apostolic gifting thing today, and uh, he's ministering to that congregation in a major transition. And so uh, we bless him in that. One other thing I wanted to tell you before we get started is uh, Breakfast of Champions, Gil and Marianne, host every month. This is about to be their Christmas one, which is always a very, very special time. And it's December the 2nd, and I believe that's the Saturday coming up at 9.30 a.m., and it is always... At the uh, Crown Plaza Hotel, please see Marianne or Gill and uh, Jeannie Tenney is going to be there. She was the speaker for I mean the uh, I told him he should have just let her sing because she she definitely can do that. She is the guest speaker and singer, uh, guest vocalist for this particular event and she is absolutely awesome. I know you will enjoy that. So that's most of my announcements. I'm gonna let someone take this for me. Thank you, sir. And I don't know how I missed this, but I, I didn't get this in here and I want to be blessed. Can you make sure that <laughs> thank you? There we go. <laughs> After all that thank you, Alvaro. Okay. Now I took care of that business and I uh I I just want to concur with uh, Dervin that our Christmas around the world is going to be so special this year. Please don't miss it. It's going to be an awesome time. Uh, God has raised this church up to be a diverse church, many nations, uh, multi-generations, and we are just so excited to introduce some new nation, uh, nations this year. And we'll get to have food from around the world. And it's not just food. It's going to be a program. It's going to be singing. It's going to be lots of fun. So that's a, kind of like a banquet for us. It's our church family get-together during Christmas. So please don't miss that. I, uh, I want to take a minute to thank... All of the women that were a part of making last Sunday night happen. It was such an awesome night. And I have continued all week long to get... All kinds of testimonies that I can't wait to share. In fact, I will be sharing with you online this week. I'm going to do a video for you. And just miracles, really some miracles that took place last week. And I'm excited to share that with you. But thank you for making that possible. I want to say thank you to all the men who came and were present in the house and just provided such wonderful security for us. And... Uh, you know, we, we don't know what we'd do without you. We are grateful for you. We're not part of the women's ministry or lack thereof that says they don't need men. We do need you. We want you. We love you. And we're grateful for you. Thank you for being a part of of that happening. Most importantly, just I want to give God thanksgiving for the incredible wonderful things that took place in the hearts and lives of people. I never want to take that for granted. I know that's what we do, but we don't ever want to take it for granted. So, Pastor wanted me to continue today on talking about this Thanksgiving thing because that's really where we are in our season and we'll continue on into our Christmas season. I'm going to talk to you a bit about the sin of ingratitude. I don't want to stay in a negative frame of mind the whole entire time and I want, but we do need to talk about it. Do y'all mind us talking about it a little bit today? Let's just, let's just have a good time and share. Um, I'm not going to, take a lengthy time today, but I have some things in my spirit I want to talk to you about. Um, It's very, very, very prevalent in our society today. The most of any society known to mankind. Now, not only do I know that because I experience it. But I've done my homework, and I can tell you we have never lived in such a thankless society as we live in today. So if you want to know exactly what ingratitude is, this is what it is. Forgetfulness of or poor return for kindness received. It can also be defined as not appreciating or valuing what you have or have been given. Unexpressed gratitude is ingratitude. You know, I always say and tell my kids and tell everyone that I have an opportunity to, to mentor that praise has no value unless it's given away. You can thank because you. You. Uh, one of the things my grandson said was when the na- he never he wasn't saying thank you when I thought he should, and finally I confronted him. He said, "But I do thank you. It's in my heart." It's in my heart. And my dad always says, look, if it's in your heart, that's good enough. Well, I beg to differ with my father over the years and say, no, it's not good enough. Because he takes up the grandkids and says, it wasn't in their heart. They didn't mean to do whatever they did. It wasn't in their heart to do that. But the thing is, with praise, it can be in your heart all day long. But if you don't give it away it's of no value the the same principle is in effect with gratitude and thanksgiving and if you don't express it then it is in It is and does become ingratitude. And so that is one of the things in this fast-paced world that we're living in, that we find it very difficult at times as a society to give thanks. Now, here in Houston, probably one of the things that we gripe about the most is the traffic, right? Right. Uh, hopefully, uh, uh, yes. Yeah, some of you are telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, doctors' appointments, soccer. Thank God you've got a doc- you're able to go to a doctor. Soccer games. I mean, you know, all the things that we do, the countless other things in, in our lives that we do. They seem to take away our time to give thanks. And so today, I just want us to consider that you have to. Make Thanksgiving a part of your lifestyle. It isn't just a one day a year on Thursday with turkey and ham. It's an everyday affair. Now, um, I want to talk to you about an ungrateful nation. And, of course, I will talk about the nation of Israel. But let me talk about present day first. Just to let you know, if you live in America, you live in... Probably the most abundantly blessed land in the world, without a doubt. Not probably, we actually do because we enjoy plenty of food, we have electricity, we have shelter, we have running water, we have wealth, we have air conditioning, thank you, Jesus. We have transportation, we have heat, we have sanitation. There are just so many, 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 many blessings that we have that we take for granted in this nation. And one way I found out in kind of doing research on this uh, upcoming generation, the millennials, and those following, is that they don't need just to be told to be thankful. They need to be shown how to be thankful, and and one of the things that I'm realizing in this, that somehow... They have the feeling of entitlement that, and the reason they don't thank you for their Christmas presents, by the way, is because they expect that that's part of our duty as parents to be givers. And I hope there are no kids in here and this is going to mess them up, but they expect the Santa Claus to be what he is because That's just what we're supposed to do. And so I am looking at ways uh, to help train and help teach my grandchildren that, look, that is not my responsibility to give you 47 uh, things that you don't need. I do that because I love you and want to, but it's not my responsibility to do that. I'm doing good. I know I am. And... uh, and so I'm I'm learning myself. I'm a I'm a I'm a lifetime learner. But I, I can tell you that never before in history of man has the world shown such a horrible characteristic to the degree as we are showing it in the most blessed nation known to man, and that's ingratitude. It is the number one sin that we see prevalent around our world. Now, ungratefulness was not, is not a new thing. It began... As back, Well, actually, it began in the garden, and Satan got thrown out. And I'll talk to you about that because of his ungratefulness that became pride and became selfishness. But he was ungrateful that God had given him a place, and he took that for granted. So it is as old as time, but Israel was an ungrateful nation. And I took a couple things out of this message, excerpts, just to share with our women that I want to share with you today about giving... If you turn to Numbers 14 with me, uh, God has already, at this point in Numbers, He's already taken the children of Israel out of Egypt. And they've seen a million miracles. They've seen water uh, coming out of a rock. When they struck the rock, they've been delivered. The seas, the Red Seas have parted. They were delivered out of Pharaoh's hand. I mean, it's just gold and silver and all the belongings of the enemy were theirs. They've seen so much. And I keep comparing myself and the kingdom of God and the body of Christ today to what we have seen in the blessings of God. And yet, in the midst of that, we can find so much to grumble and complain about. But here's what. They started off the... the, the uh, Worship set today, or, or at least a second song, about the promises of God. I'm going to see them. I'm going to realize them. Well, these people from Israel coming out of Egypt did not get to receive the promises that God had planned for them. They did not get to realize it. For one sin and one sin alone, they're Their ingratitude stole their destiny. Oh, my goodness. Our ingratitude can totally destroy our destiny. And this particular group of people, God had given them everything, but now they're complaining. They're whining and they're complaining. So all the congregation, if you'll put that up on the screen for me, Numbers 14, 1 through 6, all the congregation are lifted up their voices. They prayed for God to get... Okay, so all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel, what? They did what? Complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only if we had died in the wilderness. I mean, they go on and on. Why? Why? That's, that's that, uh, Siri doesn't understand me real well. I can just tell you, she doesn't get my Southern accent and she tries to make me feel like a bumbling idiot most of the time, but I can't help, but relate to this because I know that I hear it all the time as a pastor, but why? why? And they do it, too, over and over. You'll see, why has the Lord brought us to this land? Why am I having to do this, Nene? Why do I have to do this? This is a, it's, it's an innate thing within our human nature. But these people, they prayed for God to give them something to eat. Then they complained about it once they got it. You know, in one season we ask for something, but the next season we find ourselves complaining about what we ask for. Over and over and over. I watch it. If you don't believe it, watch somebody. They want to get married. Ooh, they need a man. Ooh, they need a husband. Man. And you know, they're three months into it. God killed this man, kill him. <laughs> I want him to, I, You just over and over. I mean, we complain in one season, and we're begging in the other season. Oh, God, help us, Jesus. It's unbelievable. You know, give me a baby if I could just have a baby. Everything in life. You don't even know what you're asking for. But, but about 4 o'clock in the morning. When the colic sets in after the seventh day, they're saying, can we just get somebody to take it? <laughs> we'll, we'll be glad to, to call call somebody, and we'll just kind of see if we can get some surrogate past parents over here. I mean, beg something, but the next season, when it isn't perfect, we're complaining again. Whatever God gives you, this is what you need to know. You're going to have to take care of it. So if you ask for it, you better be prepared to take care of it because that's the principle that goes along with it. So in this 28th, go to that uh, 28th verse of of, uh, Numbers. God answers them back and he says this. He says, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. I'm going to do it. What, just what you've asked for, I'm gonna do it. So, how they knew that they complained. Somehow they complained so much over and over. So Moses and Aaron and Joshua and Caleb began to fall on their faces before God and cry and ask for forgiveness and begin to give God some thanks. And they knew that the complaining had opened a door because now God was really going to let them have it, everything they asked for. And so they're trying to shut a door because they know Complaining opens a door. You just need to know that. Whining, complaining. We don't have any whiners around here. I didn't say whiners. I don't know about that. But I do know we don't have whiners. Whiners just continually whining on the back. They've got, uh, right on the back, they've got this placard that says, I'm a whiner. It doesn't matter what you say or do. They're going <laughs> to, well, I just don't know. I'll try. Uh, don't you just love whiners? I just, well, you need to love them, but you need to love them and leave them. No. No, we do. um, So here they are whining again, but, but here are the intercessors. Here are the leaders that are saying, God, we know. We have got to get this door closed of complaining because we know that it will stop us from reaching our destiny. And so... They understood that it's not hard to complain, but it is hard to be grateful sometimes. And you have to be very, very intentional about it. And here's what I learned about it as I was studying about thankfulness and complaining and the, ver- the, the difference in the two is that there is an innate thing that inside of every person that is complaining, they're actually saying, I deserve better than this. I deserve better than this. That's actually what those people were saying. That's what Israel was saying. We deserve better than this, but God, when really they didn't have an understanding of what God had done for them. He had emptied out heaven to give them what they actually didn't deserve. They deserved death. They deserved to die. They deserved hell. But he said, I'm going to give you life. I'm going to send you my son. He gave them the very, very, very best. And it's it was very easy in the face of all that for them to forget what God had done. And that is certainly a clue to our ungratefulness is that we blank out or we have selective remembrance of what has happened in our life. But God didn't give them what they truly deserve. So I looked up the word complaint and I shared this with our ladies the other night. And this is one of the very interesting to me. It means meant... To stay the night, meaning it comes to continue. It's, it's meant to continue. What you complain about, you're going to keep on getting. They complained about the manna, they got it day after day. They complained more, they got it for 40 years. The more you complain, the more you you complain about. So who wants to complain? You know, it's hard to be positive. I understand sometimes in negative situations. And I believe with all my heart that there's this faith that has to rise up inside of us. And there has to be, because you don't have faith if you can see it. Faith is the unseen world. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word. But faith is the evidence of things not seen. So Moses Goes back and tells the people that God said, I will give you exactly what you have been complaining and griping about. Then I... After I, I got on the complaining and started thinking about the ingratitude, I couldn't help but flip back over real quickly because I'm an incurable optimist. I only want to talk about that negative stuff so long. Then give me something good to think about. So I started thinking about thanksgiving and thanking. And and I looked up the word thanks and already knew because I've taught on praise and worship so much. But 116 times in the Word of God, Uh, thanks is used. But 73 of those are the two words together that say give thanks. Give thanks. And every time those words are used, there's there's something that it means that's so powerful. Because see, there is a protocol. To being in the presence of God. Sometimes we take that for granted. It is not that you just rush in and make your petitions known. No, you first go in with thanksgiving and praise unto God, then you'll go into the outer court, then the inner court, and then you can go into the most holy place once you have given God his thanksgiving that is due him. So as I as I was looking this up, I had never seen this before in all the times I've studied on Thanksgiving. But one of the words that's, that is used over and over in the 60, uh, 73 times where it says give thanks is that thanks means to make a big deal out of God. Make a big deal. Thanks to make a big deal out of everything he's done. I told my grandkids this, you know, because they love to exaggerate and they love to make things big and they love to be, I said look if you're going to make anything big, you need to make God big because you can never make him too big. Ever can you make him too big. So to give thanks is, means to make a big deal out of it and then you got some people who said, well I don't feel like, you know, I'm kind of dry today and I just don't feel what I usually feel and I don't You know, I'm not experiencing God like I want to experience God. Well... Well, there's a problem here, and it might be that God's presence is in the praises of His people. If you want God's praises, presence, if you want His healing, if you want Him to draw nigh to you, then you've got to give Him some thanks. You've got to make a big deal out of everything He's doing, everything in everything, I want to praise him. So, I enter his gates and I make a big deal out of him and what he's doing. And God says, I will draw near to you. So, ingratitude is a huge, huge sin of not just our nation, but the world and individually we have to fight against. When you lose the ability to be grateful, you've just started a downward spiral spiral, and in In many cases, it is the first indicator of you leaving. God and moving away from Him and backsliding, as they say, just as Israel did. But we want to get the right perspective. Now, I want to talk to you for a few minutes about ingratitude in Jesus' day, in, in Christ's day, because it was there. It was present then. And we're familiar with many accounts of, of the Lord Jesus, miracles. He walked on the water, the feeding the 5,000, the loaves, the those that He healed, the demonic that he healed but in luke i love 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 this this text because luke talks to us about these 10 lepers when uh, we've done this a uh, production I, I wrote one many years ago called no greater love some of you may have seen it on tv they did it for years even after it was well past its time uh, but we always did this particular scene because it was so moving to me and so blatantly obvious to me where the spirit of ingratitude can absolutely encaps- encapsulate a whole region or just a spirit that can be upon a people. Because here are ten lepers. As he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar, afar stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. As they went. Now these people were outcasts. They couldn't even live in society. And yet, here they are. Jesus is healing them. They're going to get to be normal again. A vicious, horrible, debilitating, uh, destructive disease. They were cleansed. And one of them when he saw that he was healed, one only turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. I would talk about that, but I'll move on. And fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And I looked that word up there. Thanks means to make a big deal out of it. And he was a Samaritan. And I thought, to myself and and even wrote in my notes that Samaritans were people that were outcasts. They were not accepted in, in the Jewish community. They couldn't even with them so this precious man was already someone that had been rejected and somehow the Samaritan the one that was rejected the one that was not entitled because he didn't take anything for granted because he didn't get much only thing he was used to getting was rejection but something inside of him did not take for granted what Jesus did that day because he was the only one that went back and thanked him for cleansing him. And Jesus answered, said, were there not ten cleansed? But are, where are the other nine? Nine. It's a it's a principle at least. I think it's probably more now, but one out of ten, uh, only a tenth of people will stop to give any kind of thanks to not just God, but his people or anyone that does anything that is thanksworthy. There are not found that return to give God give glory to God. Save this stranger. Is he the only one? He's never seen me do all the healings. He's never watched me do what I do. But yet He has come back and given thanks and gratefulness. I watched this in the storm. People that were absolutely not the ones you thought would have been the most grateful. The ones that were the most grateful, or many of them, were ones that had never had anything anyway. And they were just so grateful that somebody would take time. Others were entitled and thought, yeah, you ought to get over here. What you been doing? It's too late. You should have been here a long time ago. Uh Just saying, I won't go there. Let me get, let me get back on track. So why is mankind so intrinsically ungrateful? Why are we? It's the most common sin Known to man in gratitude, but why are we that way? And number the probably the number one thing is a selfishness on the inside that began with a demonic activity of Satan himself that just kept putting himself above God and kept saying, I, 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 it's all about me, it's all about me. And we understand that we have created a monster that is all about him. And commercialism has certainly helped us accelerate the. And gratitude and earn it because everywhere you go you hear everything you work so hard for it you need you deserve it you worked hard you deserve this brand new car you deserve this brand new vacation and there is truth in that I do I, no <laughs> I need one right now I'm just saying no, there. But that attitude permeates our atmosphere, and it's continually in your face. And that ideology begins to set into our spirits, and it causes us to believe that whole extravagant that that these things that we can acquire somehow, if we don't have them, life is treating us unfairly. We have to be grateful for everything in everything we give God praise and gratitude for. And uh, I wanted to read a, a, a statement that I read by President Lincoln this week. We have been the recipients of the choicest blessings of heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation ever has grown. But we have forgotten God. This is years back. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. But they did not. It's a powerful statement. And it was it was now far it is far greater in the United States. Our wealth, our prosperity, it's much even greater now than it was then. But so is the attitude of ingratitude and pride and selfishness. They have grown at the same time. And but if this speech were given today, there'd be an uproar. They'd call it unconstitutional. I'm I'm telling you, this is an unbelievably ungrateful, ungrateful society. But look what Paul wrote. This is what Paul says in 2 Timothy. This is probably one of the major scriptures that will teach us where we are as a nation. This know also that in the last days, say last days, Perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Y'all don't know about that. Unthankful. Every translation, the same thing. Unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And he said, this is going to increase in the last days. I mean, even an atheist or one that doesn't even believe in God can recognize that we are living in these simply tumultuous times, and we are living in the last days without a doubt. Now, in this world of being obsessed with, What's in? What's the latest style? What's the latest fashion? What's the latest song out? Somehow, uh, the the political correctness has become more important than gratitude. It's almost ingrat- uh It's it's certainly almost not politically correct to be grateful it's been it's been declared almost as I said a while ago unconstitutional because we don't have to give great great uh, Thanksgiving for everything but oh I tell you I know that we have to honor our land we have to honor those who have ruled over us but the first person we have to honor is God and there has to be a gratefulness and a gratitude and the thankfulness be revived in America. God bring gratefulness and thanksgiving and thankfulness back to this nation. We ask you, Lord Jesus. Now, of course, we know if we find the source of that, we're going to have to go to Satan himself because this is what he said in Isaiah. This is what God said. He created an archangel. The prophet Isaiah records, how are you fallen from heaven? O Lucifer, son of the morning. How are you cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into the heavenlies. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also on the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high God. So his lifting himself up was filled with arrogance. I, I have said something for years. You can never be closer to the character of of. Satan himself than when you do two things. One thing is when you stand in the office of an accuser of the brethren. If you're going to accuse the brethren, you better know what you're talking about because that spirit of accusation can come upon you even if the accusation is true. There's a difference. And when there is a spirit of continually accusing, because that's what Satan does before the throne room day and night. But there's another thing that will draw you and make you very much like him. And that is a spirit of ingratitude. If And, and unthankfulness and ungratefulness will make you so close to the characteristics of Satan. And we do not want anything paralleled in our life with the the ugliness, the meanness, the mean-spiritedness, and the horror of what Satan has produced in this earth. And so, Father, we ask you to break that off the people of God. Let us be true salt. Let us be true light. Let us be grateful people. So how do we be grateful? How are we to be grateful? Well, um, if it's been called the most common sin known to man, I just, I thought, I want to find out some real practical ways because I don't want this to be such a platitude. If you get into the third heaven and you have prayed about, you know, and fasted everything, every single Dr. Pepper, every candy bar, every ice cream, and you, then finally that spirit of gratefulness may come upon you. No, I, I didn't actually find that to be the case. But I did find some simple things that will... Cause us to be grateful. And one of the things is, God says that we are continually to offer up a sacrifice of praise unto Him. So there has to be a lifestyle of continually. That's what I've been trying to teach my grandkids, that every day... We're gonna be intentional and we're gonna thank God and not just thank God for the things that people give us, but thank God for who we are and what we have and for our health and for things that we take for granted. And I'm telling my kids that and they said, Yeah, but Papa has to go to the dentist. And I said, Yeah, and you do too. But we are thanking God that we have breath in our body to go to the dentist. We're grateful that we can do that and we're grateful that God has given us good and quality physicians in the earth today. So find ways to give God glory. But number one, how do we do it is thank God daily, every single day. Don't wait until once a year. Do it every day. Be intentional about it. Get up in the morning and give God thanksgiving that you can put one foot on the ground. And if you get the other foot on there, say, devil, I'm up. And you better know that all day today, I'm going to give you hell on earth because that's what you deserve. Amen? So Paul said that, then I love this. In, in uh, 1 Thessalonians five sixteen. this is what the scripture, Paul says, three things, and so I'm going to do this real quickly because I want you to get this in your spirit. He said, rejoice evermore or rejoice always. You know what rejoice means? To joy again. Be happy. Be joyous. Hey, happiness is a decision. Happiness is a decision. So today, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to find something to be joyful about. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So when I give him joy, I'm going to have strength come inside my body. And then, that's not enough, he said, rejoice again. So I got to turn around and do it again and again and again. So give God joyful thanksgiving. Give him joy. And then secondly, he said, pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean that you stay on your knees all day long. It does not mean that. But I tell you, it does mean that you learn how to have a praying spirit where instantly you're in the spirit realm, where instantly you are continually have an ear to hear what the spirit is saying. This is how we can become grateful people. This is how we can... Uh, intentionally walk out gratefulness and gratitude every day. Pray without ceasing. And thirdly, it says, in everything, give thanks. So everything, yeah, but, uh, but you know, on, on Thanksgiving Day, pastor said the closest he's ever come to death was Thanksgiving Day this year. And I do want to give God thanksgiving in this house publicly for saving us and salvaging and, and uh and keeping us, his protective hand, we were headed to Hannah's for Thanksgiving dinner with all the stuff. And I'd been complaining because he was just whipping around corners and my food was going everywhere. And I had to hush and say, honey, I'm just so thankful that you're here and you're driving. And, you know, I had to make myself stop complaining that he was just pushing my my food around. The very idea, all that work I've been doing for three days and it's all over the seat and in the back. and the, You know, and so... Uh, I got my act together, and I'm thinking, and I'm just saying, I'm sorry, baby, for complaining about that. I'm just grateful that you're with me, and you're driving my car. You know, that's a miracle and, uh, in itself. And I got my little pink puffy on the, on the deal, and he hadn't taken it off. That's really something to be grateful about. So we're going down, and... We are, the light is green, and we're headed down the light. We weren't speeding, but we weren't driving too slow either. And uh, all of a sudden, someone comes at probably, pastor said probably 50, 55 miles an hour at least, and they ran the red light and should have T-boned us. So help me, God. I closed my eyes and just said, Jesus, Jesus, instantly. But I won't tell you, I, I just prepared for impact, but somehow, and none of us even understand, my mother was in the back seat, and his mother was in the back seat, and, him, and pastor, and me in the front seat, and all food in the very back, and none of it was wasted. None of it was wasted, and somehow, we stopped, and that we stopped, but we don't know how, because it just happened, and literally, we, none of us could believe it. Now, my parents, my mom and his mom were very, very, pretty much uh, had anxiety the rest of the day because it was a very, very close call. But all day long, all I want to do is just give God thanks. Just give God thanks. And so I, I'm telling my kids about it. And they said, well, Nene, you're going to give God thanks because it was almost a wreck? And I said, no, I'm giving God thanks because he preserved us in everything. I want to find something. So that's one of the things, one of the ways that we show that is count your blessings, not your worries. Count your blessings, not your worries. Count your blessings, not your worries. And it's difficult when use your experiences, your trials, and look for the good that God wants you to learn from them. This is how you can be grateful. I can, uh, the, the golden rule that we often, often quote actually comes from Matthew, the seventh chapter, and it says, therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. So I'm ending up today by saying, what, how do we deal with ingratitude? Well, first you deal with it within yourself, and then you do to others as you wish would be done to you. And you say thank you for everything. And please. And thank you. And that's one of the ways to, to make, have a grateful heart. Is to say thank you over and over and over and over. The little things, until people are just saying, oh, my Lord, I wish they'd stop saying thank you. Well, it's it's a way that you can become an actual habit and a part of your lifestyle is to say it over and over and over again until it becomes intrinsically a part of who you are. And I believe that God is raising up a group of people that are going to be thanks. Givers. Here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen the choice is ours. It's our choice. It's a deadly sin. God directly calls it evil, but an ungrateful attitude that is something that most people are sometimes unaware of. And they see it in others, but they don't see it in themselves. So as we end today, I am going to pray that God will give us such insight. And we would be able to see into our own heart. Because our hearts, according to the Word of God, are deceitfully wicked. And they will deceive us, our own heart will. But God will make Himself known to us. And He will show us the areas of our heart that we don't see in our own self. But we have to be a grateful people. We have to be a thankful society. So would you stand with me? And I'm going to pray over us today. Our musicians are coming, but we're going to open the altars as we always do for anyone That wants to come for anything that's needed in your life. Our prayer partners are going to come. But I'm going to pray a collective prayer over all of us. And I'm going to ask you to put your hand on your heart with me today. And we're going to ask together that God would so make us. A grateful people. Because everywhere that I saw gratefulness, I saw miracles following. I saw signs following. Where Thanksgiving was, the presence of God was. God made Himself so available. He came down in such an incredible and tangible and touchable way when the people of God made a big deal out of everything that He does. And so, Father, I thank you for these wonderful people. Thank you, prayer partners, for coming, please. Lord, I thank you that today our hearts as your word says, are deceitfully wicked. But Lord Jesus, make our hearts well known to us today. And Lord, we are asking that you bless these people all week. Let our hearts be filled with thanksgiving and praise. As we walk out the door, we give you thanksgiving for the opportunity to come into your presence corporately today. As we get into the car and drive home and get food, we give you thanksgiving Father, for every area of our lives, for our families for everything that you've given unto us. We will be a blessed thanksgiving people all week long. We bless them coming in. May your face shine upon them and bless them going out. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. Have a blessed week all week. We love you. God bless you. Our altars are open as always.